0: Hey friend, welcome to Self-Transformed, a podcast dedicated to transforming your health in less time and guilt-free through the power of habit hacking. I'm your host, Emily Nichols, behavior change specialist, fitness and Whole30 coach, and Taco Tuesday enthusiast. (laughs) Hey, I know the struggle is real when it comes to taking care of you. I too am a working mom who felt physically and emotionally drained, but lacked the time and confidence to actually make myself a priority. Creating habit strategies around my health was the key to help me finally create a consistent healthy lifestyle that doesn't feel hard. I'm now on a mission to equip you with those same sustainable habit hacks to help transform your life from the inside out guilt-free. Together, we will simplify your health into daily habits that don't feel like another thing on your long to-do list, but rather consistent actions that add up to a massive transformation that will stick through all seasons of your life. So if you're ready to habit-hack your health and create your own self-transformation, then let's do this. You're listening to episode 156 of Self-Transformed. Hey friend, I am so excited you are here. You might be hearing some background noises over the next few weeks of the show because it is summer, my kids are home, the dogs are here, Amazon packages are arriving, which makes the dogs bark, and my husband's working from home (laughs) home. (laughs) <laughs> more too. But hey, I'm keeping it real here and with it being summer, I am super excited to announce our summer sale happening. So it's happening now through the end of the month through June 30th. You can take 25% off any of my courses. Yes, 25% off. That includes the Habits That Stick starter kit, my little mini course teaching you my three-step habit process. Just teaches you how to use habit strategy to make healthy habits actually work in your life. Like you know what you need to do to keep healthy, but you're just not sure how to make it work in your life. This is it. If you need a bigger approach to figuring out nitty-gritty details to creating a customized health Um, plan for yourself, focused around habit strategy, then my signature program Self-Transform You is for you. Now, a big announcement about this. I announced it last week in our Facebook community during our free monthly coaching session, but I've revised STU just a little bit based on more client feedback. And the course, STU itself, is available now anytime. You can purchase it anytime. I actually lowered the price by $100 as well. There's still a payment plan available for you as well. That is what works best for you as far as investing in yourself. But you can get the course anytime. So what I do is I take you through week by week. I give you homework and action items to learn the habit strategies to then put into the three areas that I teach to take care of yourself, which is your food freedom, your mindset, and movement. And we do this in a way that makes sense from a working mom's perspective. Okay. So week by week, we develop this healthy plan for you with these habits that you're going to implement in your life with strategy. So at the end of the four weeks, you'll have a customized health plan for you focused around habit strategy that will stick. And you'll be able to have lifetime access to the course, any updates I make, or anytime you need to go back through the process, it's all there for you. All the time, it's super great. It should only take you maybe like 30 to 45 minutes each week. Okay, I don't want this to be something you buy and don't do because it's too overwhelming. I've been there, done that. I don't want that for you. So, you can buy the course now at any time, any time of the year, start it on your own, get going, you're good to go. However, if you do want a more one on one approach, more accountability from me, I do have STU, Self-Transform You Next Level available, where that will include four weekly, half, half an hour, habit hacking calls with me, weekly texting, and Voxer Access, which is a texting or voice memoing app that I use to communicate with my clients as a way to have even more accountability. If you're like, okay, I love the course, I want to do it, but I know I'm not going to poly pull through, <laughs> go all the way through with it unless I have someone like weekly checking in with me, then this is it. So that is not available like any time. It's only available certain days of the or certain like launch days of the month. So for June, that is available starting 6-27, June 27th. I only am taking five girls for this each month because hashtag self-care for me. I can't, I don't have the capacity to do more than that each month as far as working one-on-one with folks. And I'm super excited to um, take this next evolution of STU just based off feedback. You know, I'm. You know, if you're a client of mine, I'm always like, so what about this? What about that? <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. And you can take 25% off that as well. And of course, you can learn more about my Whole30 Anytime course. This is like my OG course that I've ever offered that, you know, the Whole30 is what changed my life. I'm a Whole30 certified coach and plant-based Whole30 certified coach. If you want to dig deeper into your habits and relationship around food, that is the way to do it. So that's 25% off now through June 30th as well. So you can go to the link in the show notes. You can use the code Sale, all one word, all caps, no spaces, to get 25% off any of those courses. If you want to get a couple of them, you get 25% off each of them. So I'm super excited to be able to offer this to you to get more accessibility to my courses and to me. And I'm just excited to give you these tools to put in your transformation tool belt to help you not just like kind of survive through life, but thrive by taking care of yourself through the habit strategies that I teach. Okay, let's get into today's episode. We are starting a new series. You know, we did a fitness series a couple months back. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen. It was amazing. I got such good feedback on it, and I do this every once in a while. I kind of get um, feeling like, like a theme, or I'm hearing a lot from my community as far as things they're struggling with, and I'm, I wanted to do a food series, so we're going to be doing that that now through the first week of July. I just want to shed a bit more light on food freedom and what that means and easy habit hacks around food in particular. And I want to talk about the Whole30 a little bit more, and I'm bringing on some guests to talk all things healthy habits around food food and not just food for you as like a mom, but food for your family. And today we have Ashley Smith of Veggies and Virtue to share about simple and flexible meal time habits for kids of all ages. So let me tell you a little bit about Ashley Smith. She is a Christian wife, mama of three littles, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and owner of Veggies and Virtue. So she's the host of the top Rank podcast for nutrition of the same name, Veggies and Virtue. I love that name. And she equips moms with the know-hows they need and hacks they crave to find freedom, flexibility, and fun when feeding their families. She wants busy moms to find a flexible meal and snack ideas that are manageable rather than monotonous, meal planning options that are easily organized instead of overwhelming, hallelujah, we're going to be talking about that, and eating habits that empower their family to regularly enjoy nutritious foods. So she's actually super passionate about encouraging moms in mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. I love this so much. So Ashley and I have a really great conversation. She shares some really wonderful tips on making mealtime less complicated. I know if you're like me, sometimes when I get the question, what's for dinner, it's like, oh my gosh, or even just thinking about meal planning for the week, which is something we dig in deep and far, as far as, into STU, as far as <laughs> habit hacking, meal planning, and grocery shopping, and all the things. But she helps our kids the way, the way the conversation that it turns to is it's allowing your kids to find their way with your guidance as their parent into their own way of intuitive eating and having a great relationship with food you know those little minds are soaking up everything we're doing and making meal time not so much a struggle which i know so many of us struggle with especially with like picky eaters or right now you know sports and traveling all the time and your kids being home in the summer and they're eating all the food. We need to help them create a great relationship around food and nutritious food and not see it as good or bad, or that mealtime is a struggle for everyone. So, and of course, there's some really super simple habit hacks she shares that I love, and I will be personally implementing as well. So get a pen and paper handy. As always, I'll be sharing my three biggest takeaways for you at the end. Enjoy this conversation with Ashley Smith of Veggies and Virtue. All right, gang, thank you so much again for tuning in to Self-Transformed. I am super excited to talk to my new friend, Ashley Smith from Veggies and Virtue. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Emily, for having me. I'm excited to get
0: to be here and chat with you today. Me too. We haven't dug super deep into the conversation around kids and eating and mealtime. So I know our audience is going to be super hyped about this episode today. So before we get started though, Ashley, the first question I ask every guest is, what comes to mind when you hear the phrase self-transformed?
1: Yeah. So when um when I've listened to other interviews that you've done and I've kind of heard this and I was kind of thinking, what would that mean to me? And I think for me, I don't know, my story kind of feels a little less like I can't take as much ownership maybe for it because while I'm like a doer and a person who's kind of been always like achievement oriented and stuff, I feel like my self transformation process has kind of come through um, hitting a little bit of like a rock bottom and having to kind of like renew my mind to come out of it and stuff. And so, um, you know, a Bible verse that came to mind for me was Romans 12 20. And it was like my verse of the year one year because I'd come out of a really hard postpartum season. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd always kind of been able to figure out how to kind of bootstrap my way through things and figure out how to get scholarships and go to school and then figure out, you know, how to move to grad school and how to be healthy and do all these things. But I feel like for me, self-transformed has been less like the physical things that I was able to do and kind of more getting my mind right and renewing my mind so that I could really, you know, test and approve. What did that mean for me to live a life that was self-transformed, but not through necessarily my own doing?
0: Right, right. Right. What was the Bible verse? Do you remember off the top of your head?
1: Yeah. So it was Romans 12 too. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love that. And it goes on then a little bit more, but I feel like that was, it was my verse of the year um, a couple of years ago. And so I feel like I've kind of been living out this self-transformed process sense of kind of seeing where are my thoughts or my lifestyle, you know, um, in a way that just kind of need to be renewed and things like that.
0: I love that. A lot of times it starts um,
1: internally. That's for, sure. yes, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I think oh. too, for moms, like postpartum, you know, there's just a, such a season of self-transformation. I think it's so easy to start with our bodies and our lifestyle and things like that. And while, of course, I'm a dietitian, I think that's hugely important. I think, you know, my personality type had always made me think, oh, this is on me. I can do this myself. And I think postpartum with three little ones at home, I realized I just can't muster it up anymore the way I could. So it's kind of been this you know, transformation story since.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about your own transformation story. Kind of, you know, you mentioned you kind of hit a point where you're like, ah, I got three kids, super little going through postpartum. Kind of tell us about that story and what led you to what you do and really just who you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I said, I'm a mom of three. Uh, my oldest is eight now. And so uh, when I was a new mom, I had already worked at a pediatric hospital as a pediatric dietitian. And I kind of thought I knew what I needed to know as a pediatric dietitian for feeding my own kids. And everyone who's listening can probably quickly laugh at that and know the direction that this goes is it's really easy to parent parents when you've never been one. And that was definitely the case for me. I think I assume breastfeeding would be really easy. I assume, uh, like feeding and introducing solids and then having a really adventurous eater who ate everything I put in front of her. And none of that was the story. I mean, for me, you know, breastfeeding was a disaster and, uh, introducing solids was horrible. You know, she was picky from a very early age and it just kind of threw all of my professional knowledge in the ringer. And so a lot of my transformation story has been as a mom and as a dietitian really, you know, hand in hand, because I started staying home, um, When she was born. And yet, as a pediatric dietitian, I was still really eager. You know, I was still a little younger at that time and uh, newer in my career. And so I still really had an interest to continue to grow professionally. And with feeding my own kid every day, I had the opportunity to really practice what I preach, but in a way that was much more challenging than I expected. I kind of thought my kids would be these poster children for pediatric nutrition. And instead, I realized that they were going to be my most challenging clients. But um, for me, it's been an exciting transformation in that what I knew by the book, I've now gotten to really like put into practice in my own home each and every day. And so while I was a stay at home mom initially, and now I work from home part-time as well. Um, it's been a little bit of a transformation just to see how my own relationship with food has evolved, how my own perspective on feeding as a mom and as a dietitian has evolved and how the way that I approach feeding my own family has really evolved. And so I think, you know, over the last eight years, there's been a lot of transformation in each of those areas. that has been really exciting.
0: Yeah. So tell us about what you do with Veggies and Virtue. I know you said it started as a blog. You've launched it into a podcast now. So tell us a little bit about what you do there.
1: Yes. So initially it just kind of started out as an Instagram account where I'd share pictures of my daughter's lunchbox and, you know, just kind of wanted a professional outlet for the few hours a week that she was at mom's day out. And then I realized understandably, I was getting a lot of questions because as a pediatric dietitian and as a mom, people were looking to me to answer a lot of their woes, you know, feeding woes and questions that they were having. And so it just started to kind of evolve from there in terms of how I could come alongside families and, you know, help field their questions and help serve them in their feeding relationships and things like that. But really trying to help families understand What's that best practice advice that can often feel really unattainable and so far fetched when you're in the thick of motherhood, but really bringing it into the everyday sustainable systems and strategies that moms can use to, you know, build really healthy feeding relationships with their kids and for their kids and for their families. Um, But just kind of doing that through the feeding stages and ages that my own kids have been. And just kind of, as we walk through it ourselves, it gives me day-to-day field work to get to do. And so I've just kind of shared that process with different families and, um, worked with different families to help coach them in their own feeding struggles and their own feeding journeys. Yeah.
0: I love that so much. Well, let's get into some of this because I have a lot of questions and just thinking when my own kiddos were little and now as a teenager and a 10 year old, like all different stages of eating as we're moving sure. along here. Um, I know a lot of times the women I work with through my program, they'll be like, okay, you know, I'm trying to make healthier meals and I find that my kids are really picky or maybe even like your spouse is a really picky eater too, or they don't like a particular food group. And I find that sometimes moms are like, "Well, I'm making this one meal, and then I'm making another meal for you know Tyler, but then you know Dylan always likes this, and then this other one has this you know avoidance to whatever food." So, what would be your suggestions to kind of overcome that? Because I feel like that can feel overwhelming. And allow moms at mealtime or even preparing meals to feel like just like super overwhelmed and then turning into what was the easiest, the quickest thing we can do that maybe not, maybe might not be the healthiest choice for everybody.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that can be a really common problem. And, you know, as I mentioned with my transformation story, I knew what to do and what to serve my kids. Mm -hmm. And yet early on, I realized what I wanted to offer my kids and these meals I was making, they didn't want to eat. And it was, you know, obviously a big shot to my pride, but beyond that, I had to figure out like, what, what am I going to make if my kid's not eating anything from what I'm making, except maybe like the dinner rolls or a glass of milk or something like that. Like that wasn't really sustainable long-term. And so a framework that I came up with is love it, like it, learning it. And that's because as parents, our job in the feeding relationship is decide what food is offered, when food is offered, and where food is offered. From there, our kids get to decide if they eat it and how much they eat. But within that, I really struggled with, well, if I'm in charge of what I'm offering and what I'm offering my kids are eating, I'm a little bit, felt a little bit in a rock and a hard spot. And so the love it, like it, learning it framework is very, you know, it's a little bit of a tongue twister, but it's really rather simple. And it's, you want to try and structure meals so that there's something your kids love something that they like, which is kind of their 50-50 may or may not eat. And then a food they're still learning. It is good and advisable to, you know, offer our kids foods that they haven't learned to like yet, but that we can still expose them to and introduce them to um, within the context of like a family meal. And so I think to answer your question, if a mom can look at the meal plan for the week or let's say, um, you know, look at the menu and then see is there a component that I know my kid loves at this meal? And if there is, she can rest assured they don't have to love every single component of the meal, but if there's something that the child loves, then, you know, she's done her job. She's decided what, when, and where that food is offered and it's okay to continue to expose them to the learning at foods and things like that. And an example that actually just recently aired on my podcast was I was talking about how, you know, we do stir fry like every week here. Same. I love it. My husband loves it. We love like, you know, the Asian flavor or ties or curries and rice and things all three of my kids. Not huge fans, and it's evolved over the years, kind of how it's gone about, and you know which foods they love and which foods they're still learning to like. But the example that I gave on my podcast was, you know, my my daughter's reaction was, I feel like we have chicken and veggies and rice every week. And even as a dietitian, I feel like that's the like stereotypical. People are like, I don't want to eat chicken and broccoli and brown rice every, you know, like it's. Yeah. A, but I it came out of my eight-year-old's mouth, I was like, Ooh, well, I mean, can I blame you? I think it tastes good, I really do, but. I can't blame you. So for me, like for what we did in this application was, and again, we've tried lots of different things over the years to make it more engaging with different ages and stages, which I know may or may not resonate like with your age kids or some of the listeners, and um, families that are here, but, um, you know, we just switched the protein. Like my kids love steak and they love salmon. So all of a sudden we did like a teriyaki steak or a teriyaki salmon mm-hmm. instead of like a teriyaki rendition of a chicken. And then all of a sudden it like was a non-issue. It wasn't like they were like, oh, they're having the same chicken, veggies, rice, you know, but it was like, oh, we're, we're having steak or, oh, it's salmon because we always have salmon, you know? So it's like those small little pivots, but I just needed to kind of hone in on what is the go-to love it food. When not. So when my kids say, mom, what's for dinner? I mean, every mom's been in this position, right? Where your kids say, mom, what's for dinner. You want to lead with that love it food. You want to lead with the thing, you know, that they're going to get excited about rather than the thing that you know that they're still learning and they're gonna be like i'm disinterested before you even told me what you're actually making mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden i could lead with oh we're having you know salmon kebabs which was really just the leftover vegetables on a stick with some yeah. salmon you know like and to them it was like cool it's on stick you know my kids are a little younger so the novelty still works but i think if families can kind of start to think through that like if there's These meals that, you know, you're consistently making Mm. start with those, just start with the few that, you know, the proteins, you know, the veggies, you know, the starches, you know, the sides that your kids like and rotate those to complement maybe some of those foods that they're still learning to like.
0: Hey gang, cutting into this conversation real quick to share our amazing partner, Athletic Greens. So I started taking their AG1 because I wanted to optimize my health even more, but I was having a hard time making the habit of taking so many supplements. And as we talk about here all the time, if you aren't enjoying a habit, then simplify it. And AG1 was the answer for me. It's seriously like nine health products in one. So AG1 has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, foods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, just all the things. And what I really like about AG1 is that it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it can fit your lifestyle. And I love that it contains less than one gram of sugar and still tastes amazing. It tastes super fresh and not earthy like other nutritional drinks I've tried in the past. So drinking AG1 every day has been a major keystone habit in my health. I have stacked it onto my already established morning habits consistently over the past month, and it has helped me so much with my energy levels. It's helped with my recovery from my workouts and even my digestion. It's so much easier than trying to take a bunch of supplements. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's seriously it. So if you're wanting to give this super simple, convenient daily nutrition a try, Athletic Greens has made this very easy simple for you. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs, which I never traveled without now myself, with your first purchase of AG1. And y'all, it comes in the cutest canister to store your powder in and a bottle to easily measure out your water with a scoop. You'll love it. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash self-transformed. Again, That is athleticgreens.com slash self-transformed to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I can't wait to hear how you love your AG one, too. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, I think this applies towards any age group, to tell you the truth. Just thinking of like my teenage son and my 10-year-old, too when my 14 year old was little, like we would always make like oven roasted, like crispy Brussels sprouts. And we would try like different like sauces or seasonings on it. We're like, it's really, really good. You know, you should try it. And he was just like that. And now he like loves them. And he even mentions this to his younger brother, like, Hey, I really didn't used to like these when I was your age, but now I do. Or like my 10 year old has like an aversion to roasted potatoes for some reason. And my oldest is like, why? Like they're like French fries, pretty much, just in a different shape or whatever. But we we, we kind of came from a philosophy as as I love how you said like it, love it, learn it. You know, learning to like it. And we would always say, you know, at least try it, and maybe you'll like it. Do you feel like that's still like a good policy to have? I feel like I grew up in an age where it's like you need to clear your plate or eat it. And, you know, maybe you'll learn to like it. And it's like, well, then I grew an aversion to like eating broccoli? Cause I was like, I had to sit here until I was done eating this broccoli and I didn't like it. And I love broccoli now, you know what I mean? So how would a parent handle that where they're like, I want them to learn to like this, but doing it in such a way that it's more, um, them leading into if they want to eat, if they want to like it eventually, or at least try it versus feeling like they're being forced to
1: do it. Yes. That's a great question. And so as I mentioned before, like the feeding roles and responsibilities, we very quickly get those mixed up, especially because a lot of us were not raised with those. If anything, we were raised almost in role reversal where our parents told us if we were eating and how much we were eating. And, you know, a lot of us as moms, I think our kids are telling us what they want to eat, when they want to eat and where they want to eat. And so it's those, those mix-ups. So we want to focus on what's known as often the division of responsibility or a responsive feeding approach. And really that boils down to the parent gets to decide what, when, and where. The line gets drawn where if, whether, and how much. So what I encourage parents to look at is it's okay to encourage our kids to do new things and to, you know, provide them with the opportunities to try new things. But the example that, and I had my two girls who are six and eight on my podcast recently, and they brought up this phrase a lot. And it was interesting to me that it stuck so much with them. But I think because it's such an obvious analogy, I'm going to go ahead and share it here. But it's that when you like take your kids to the pool. And if you're a kid, if you've told your kid, they're going to love swimming, and everything, you're not just necessarily going to throw them in the deep end and expect them to figure it out. You're going to see where is their comfort level? Are they willing to dip their toe in? Do they want to go off the high dive? Are they a kid who wants to like walk in slowly? Do they find the enjoyment of cannibals? I think especially with it being summer season and things like that, I think families can really relate with like, you see a child's temperament and you know, a child's temperament in general, are they more timid? Are they more cautious? And kids have feeding temperaments, too. And so I think if parents can remember what their role and responsibility is and allow their kid to grow into if whether they eat it and how much so we can present them with the opportunity, we can expose them to these foods. But just like we would take them to a pool and try and kind of build up their comfort level, we want to make feeding, I would say the three piece really positive, really playful and really pressure free. And so when you're doing those things, rather than trying to like work on an end goal of you need to eat at least two pieces of broccoli, or you need to clean your plate or like mm-hmm. pressure you're countering any one of those things. It really can backfire. And as moms, I'm sure, you know, some of your audience, especially in the you know, area of wellness and stuff are more familiar with like intuitive eating and a lot of this, you know, mindfulness with food, it's kind of a new era. You know, our moms, yeah. I don't think my mom ever said knew anything about intuitive eating yeah, back yeah. in the day. And yet this is really a growing movement. And as a dietitian, I agree that it should be because this division of responsibility is fostering that type of mindfulness and eating from an early age. Mm-hmm. And so we want to kind of think through as moms are the way that we're approaching this food is this promoting them to be mindful and like intuitive and innately eat the things that they feel compelled to eat just like we would kind of slowly walk through this process of like introducing them to swimming and things like that. So my kids often say like, do you want to take a dive? Do you want to jump off the high dive? Do you want to dip your toe in? Like they know that like taking a small little bite versus like, as my three-year-old son says, like a Hulk bite, you know, like a big bite, there's a difference in comfort, like how comfortable they are with that. Mm -hmm. And so I think parents can tune into that and realize the end goal at a meal is that it was playful, positive, and pressure-free. Not that XYZ food got eaten.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Okay. Let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about habits. I know you kind of mentioned, you know, hey, I'm planning the menu for the week of what we're going to have, having love it foods on there for my kids. And I know maybe some moms are listening and they're like, yeah, I don't plan a menu for the week. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. We eat a lot of the same things. Or maybe, you know, for me, I like to meal prep, but I don't do it with like, oh, I'm doing like, you know, here's my veggie, here's my fat, here's my protein in the little containers. Like I'm like, here's a bunch of chicken that I can turn into a bunch of things throughout the week to save me time. So what are some habits some moms listening to today could help plan their menu for the week or meal prep in a
1: way that doesn't
0: feel overwhelming?
1: So one of my Favorites is what I call my DIY dinner bins. And it's very similar to kind of some of those companies that send you every component you need in a brown bag type thing. I'm not actually a big fan of those, but what I do like is I have these little bins that fit in my fridge four across. And I just put four meals across in them. I just start tucking the different things in them. So whether you have someone who is a meal planner and who's looking at her fridge and evaluating what she has, that's where I encourage starting. So we're not, you know, filling an already filled fridge when we get home from the grocery store and -hmm. kind of putting more on top of what we already have. Mm -hmm. But you know, if it is someone who's meal planning, they can kind of start mapping it out just by allocating what they already have on hand in these different bins to see, oh, well, I have this, I could make this that night and this that night. Oh, this night, I know we need something really quick. And just kind of putting it into these DIY dinner bins. So you start to get the elements on hand that you need. Or if you're the fly by the seat of your pants, you just know you're going to pick up a bunch of random stuff at the store that looks good. When you get home, you unpack your groceries into these boxes. So you know in your head when you're buying it at the store, oh, I might do this with it. Mm -hmm. I know for me, by the time I get home from grocery shopping, especially if my three kids are with me, I do not remember what vision I had in the store. I am just like, now we got to get this food in the fridge and someone's already melting down. Mm -hmm. So if you can just put it away in that orderly fashion, what I find is that these DIY dinner bins, then when it comes time to dinner, there's very little mental energy involved. Mm -hmm. So if this is, you know, your working mom or your mom, who's maybe delegating dinner duty to uh, a spouse or a child and saying, Hey, I need you to get this started. You know, I know your boys. I don't know how competent they are in the kitchen, but they're old enough. You could say, "Can you preheat the oven to 350 and put the chicken in the pan?" Um, and they know this damn. is Monday's yes. dinner bin. Yeah. And I don't have this problem quite yet, but I'm sure with teenage boys and growing boys, you have to uh, dedicate food so it is not eaten before the meal that it was intended for. Oh and so I like in these bins that it's like, "Hey, that shredded cheese is for taco night. Do not go using it all up on your after-school quesadilla." because then taco night, we're not going to have cheese. And so I can just kind of tuck all these things in the bins, either as we have it in the fridge or as I unload it from the grocery store. So then when it comes time to dinner, I can just pull the bin out. It's all right there. All I have to do is basically like assemble it and do whatever I was going to do with it. But I don't really have to think about much because I already know, do I have all the ingredients I need? And what am I supposed to do with them?
0: I love that as such a simple habit hack, because like you said, it doesn't take a lot of brain power. I think that's where we get overwhelmed. It's like, okay, I have all these tabs open in my head. And then that question you get every day, what's for dinner? And you're like, uh, I don't know. I love having it organized like that. And especially like you said, my 14 year old actually loves to help make dinner. And if he had it all just, and we've gotten the kits and stuff before we're in a busy season where that works out really well, cause he can follow the step-by-step directions and help make dinner. And that helps him build the confidence and prepare him to be a young adult on his own someday too. Oh, that's awesome oh, I need to buy some bins now for my fridge. Cause I love that just to help me and to help everyone else. Like what's for dinner. It's like, well, look in the bin. And I'm a really big fan of something that we call ingredient meals. Cause I think some folks get so overwhelmed with, oh, I got to follow a big recipe. And I'm like, put a rice in the bowl, put the protein, put the veggies, put some really yummy sauce or a seasoning. Bam. It's dinner. Like yes. don't overcomplicate it. Right.
1: Yes. And I mean, even as a dietitian, you know, people assume like I want to do this stuff all day and I'm like, right, but I still have to do it every day for my own family and I do it for work. So sometimes I'm just like, I have zero appetite and nothing sounds good because all right. I talk about is feeding people and feeding families and feeding kids <laughs> and picky eating and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, I noticed when I was kind of doing things by the book and like properly with like sitting down to meal plan and coming up with recipes and then making a complicated grocery list. I mean, by the time dinner came around, I was like over it. I was like, this is, I mean, it was such a long involved process. And I think, you know, talking about like my own self-transformation, I think as a mom with one kid, it was maybe more realistic and we live near a grocery store and things. Well, now we live 25 minutes from a grocery store. I have three small kids and like all of it. I'm just like, no, the, the evolution of what I need in order to like get dinner on the table while still having like enough mental and emotional capacity to pour into my family means that I just don't have that much to give to the meal planning and the meal prep and, you know, the cooking experience at night. So these are just really no brainer ones. And you do, like you said, the ingredients meals, you're like, I have this, I have this, I'm going to figure out what to make with it. And I think those bins are great for kind of combining those ideas.
0: That's interesting. You said, you know, I feel like mealtime has evolved for us over the years too. even like grocery shopping, like it used to be a big deal to like go to this grocery store. I remember in college, like going to the grocery store and like filling up my cart, like at Kroger and spending like $100 and being like, Oh my gosh, look at all the money I just spent on groceries. And now it's like, you know, teenage boys with a teenage boy. I'm like, please don't eat all this before. (laughs) like in the next 24 hours, yes. um, <laughs> please. But also just thinking about like grocery shopping when my boys were really little, like to take them to the store with me, it was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, it was a stressful situation. And I love, you know, I, I do a ton of um, grocery pickup where I do online orders and I just pick it up now. And that's been a big time saver for me. And it helps me make meals in my head as I'm putting things in my cart online versus walking physically walking around the store to be like oh and I want to have rice oh crud I forgot I gotta go find the rice down this aisle it makes a little less brain power for me as well for sure
1: and something on that note that I think of when you say that is something a lot of the moms I work with talk to is that because they do do online grocery shopping it's so easy to just say reorder all and to just kind of like replicate that same cart and then go in and maybe like you know edited a little bit with like more of this, less of this, none of this, whatever kind of thing. But I think that's honestly a great uh, place to start, especially with like these DIY dinner bins. You don't have to reinvent a wheel that, you know, is not broken necessarily. But I think very quickly, if you just put those groceries, you reorder all on your grocery cart, you put those groceries away in these dinner bins, then kind of the next week, as you roll over, look and see like, what do we have the same, like, what do we have extra of that we need to use up? And what could we maybe pivot just a little bit with? Cause mm-hmm. that's where we start to make those tiny little shifts that add in variety, because maybe last week we had, you know, flour tortilla tacos with ground beef. Well, we're either going to have to get a new beef or a new meat or protein of some sort. Well, maybe this week we're doing a shrimp taco on corn. Like that's a huge change. If you have a picky eater, oh, really? like, mm-hmm. My mom with three picky eaters. That's a huge change. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, that's a pretty big pivot. I work with families on like the teeny tiny, like moms feel like they're making no success, but I promise them they are kind of thing. But, you know, you just kind of start to see like, I'm buying a different brand of refried beans. I mean, just start to make little adjustments to what you're already doing, what you already know works. So even if you have the same go-to four or five meals every week, you can begin to just make those little, little shifts to add in variety and, you know, continue to kind of expand. So you don't feel quite as in a rut.
0: Well, I think food boredom starts to Come into play too for adults and even for kids. Like you know, you're saying your kids are like, oh, we always have stir fry, just mixing up the protein. You know, we do Taco Tuesday without fail every Tuesday, but it's not the same. It's yes, mixed exactly. up every single Tuesday, but guarantee will be some type of taco situation. We're <laughs> the same Tuesday. here. Same. Well, to kind of wrap up, you know, what meal time for us is a really important time for connection. To kind of sit down as a family and um, have that experience of just being like, how was your day? What went, what was funny, something funny that happened today? How did, how did you feel after school today? Or what, you know, what, what was your day like? Um, but we're in a busy season where my boys are playing lacrosse and golf. So it's like, okay, either we're going to have dinner like at 4 PM or 9 (laughs) PM because we're just taxiing them everywhere. And I'm wondering what your suggestions are for families that are listening today. You know, like I said, I do a lot of pre-prepared meals or I do, um, slow cooker, slow cooker meals. So they're already there prepared for us, but what, what, do, what would you suggest to someone listening today? Who's not necessarily having a traditional mealtime, but still trying to have something healthy there for their family and that connection piece.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, again, like these DIY dinner bins, I think can be a great mm-hmm. starting place totally. because it can get going really early you know easy someone else can easily assemble it if say you know one parent and one child are home while the other ones are out doing activities mm-hmm. um doing like you said with the you know ingredient bowl and stuff doing anything that's like a build your own so it's like if you could just kind of have the containers and the elements I know that's something my husband and I have done cuz he's often not here for dinner and so it's like just having the uh, kind of components of a meal that they can put together so it kind of feels like a shared meal you know not everyone's kind of fending for themselves I think as moms, that's a lot of times in our nature. It's a, I don't want to feel like everyone's eating a separate meal. So if we're all still eating the same thing, even if it's at separate times, Mm. there can still be a sense of togetherness. Um, and so, you know, having like a plan of some sort of thing. So it's not like, well, we're going to hit Chick-fil-A on the way home and you're hitting Chipotle. And I mean, Figure it out, you know, and and that's life, and that happens. Sure. But I think if we can find some systems, and you know, I know it's you being big on habits. Like I think if we can kind of get into some habits where it's like, okay, even if it's just one night a week, it's a crock pot. One night a week, it's the tacos. One night of the week, you know, we grill two batches of something, so there's extra leftovers tomorrow. Things like that. But from the perspective of the connection piece beyond that, something my family does that we often do it at the table, but we've kind of translated it to away from the table too, is like. We call it like a high, low Buffalo. And it's like the high of your day, the low of your day. Some people call it like roses and thorns and Uh things. The Buffalo is, my husband has this whole long thing. He'll go, he would go into on it, but it's basically like the challenge of your day that you had to overcome. Um, And so, you know, we do that at the table to often like invite that conversation as we're sitting together. But I think it's a great one for parents to do anytime. You can do it when you're sitting in the car and your kid doesn't really want to talk to you and would rather listen to the radio or something or um, you can do it while you're still taxing your kids around, even if you're not necessarily getting to like sit and do it Mm -hmm. in that way.
0: I love that so much. Oh my gosh. So many great suggestions today. I'm going to go reorganize my fridge into bins for DIY dinner nights. I love that so much. Ashley, thank you so much for this conversation. Where can everyone connect with you and learn more about veggies and
1: virtue? Yes. So I have veggiesandvirtue.com. People can definitely find me there. I also have the Veggies and Virtue podcast. I do like 20 minute episodes to help moms in meal planning, meal prep, and meal times. And also an at veggies in virtue on pretty much all social media platforms.
0: Thanks. Awesome. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. So again, thank you so much, Ashley, for this conversation. I learned a lot and I know everyone is at home, like rewinding for per- furiously taking notes now.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's fun to get to chat.
0: Ashley, thank you so much for this conversation. I could have used you a few years ago too when my kids were super little. But like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode and what I titled this episode is there's some really great... Habit hacks she shares around meals and meal time for kids of all ages and even adults, especially us moms when we're organizing all of the meal time. So, let's talk about my three biggest takeaways the cliff notes, if you will, of my conversation with Ashley Smith of Veggies and Virtue. So, number one, I love how she prevents presents food as love it, like it, learning it. And what we're in charge of as adults is just where and when and what, you know? And I love that so much. It feels so much more loving that way. And it really helps put mealtime in a positive way instead of being like, oh, here's something you really hate to eat or haven't liked in the past and forcing them to eat it. Like we kind of talked about, I remember being little at the table, being being, having to sit at the table by myself, couldn't leave the dinner table until I ate, like, I don't know what it was. It might have been broccoli or something. I was a very picky eater when I was little. Like, I, you could just give me, like, my mom's mac and cheese every day, and I'd be good. I'd still be good today. My stomach would be very upset now, but <laughs> I digress. But I love it because it's just leading leading with the love it food, and then you can switch it up. And then it just provides them with the new opportunities to try new things. So maybe you're learning it. And I love how she said, you know, it should be mealtime should be positive, playful, and pressure-free. So no pressuring them to eat at all. It could really backfire and turn mealtime into a really negative thing. And it really turns into like we talked about intuitive eating for kids and fostering this at an early age. So being mindful of the things that they eat and learning what foods they crave and maybe adapting as their taste buds change. You know, like I've kind of talked about, my oldest son is 14 and likes a lot more foods now that he didn't like when he was younger. And him sharing that experience with his younger brother is really good. And I like the example her kids gave of, you know, being at the pool. Do you want to, you know, presenting a new food to them? Do you want to dive in or do you just want to dip your toe in, you know, instead of them forcing them to eat like a huge bite, just have them take a little taste and see what that experience feels like for them. That feels just so much more loving, and gives them a more positive mealtime experience that will overflow every single time into every mealtime. I loved, her, secondly, I loved her habit hack for her DIY dinner bins in the fridge. So, four meals across, she had the bins with all the dinner, um, ingredients ready to go so what i love about this habit hack is it doesn't take a lot of brain brain power to put dinner together and your spouse or your kids can help with this a big tip that ashley shared is to shop your fridge first now i have been super guilty of this of getting extra ingredients or ordering things from kroger pickup and then when it comes it's like oh my gosh i already had like three things of spaghetti for my kids and the pantry why did i just order another one so I like the idea of the dinner bins. I've been doing HelloFresh because I like the idea of having it put together for me already. I love this idea even more because my kids can follow simple instructions, especially my older son who knows how to um, safely use the stove or the oven and knows kind of like the flow for how I create things. And sometimes he gets a little... Um, you know, curious or experiments on his own with different flavors and stuff, which is always super fun. Or so it's usually super spicy <laughs> to tell you the truth. So I gotta be, make sure I have some water nearby when he helps with that. But I love the idea of DIY dinner bins. This is something I still want to do and plan on doing in as far as my own habit hack for meal time. And then lastly, you know, my biggest takeaway is variety doesn't have to be hard, right? I think we get into like a food rut a lot of times where we're having the same things over and over and over again. And we do that out of convenience, right? If you're like me, I do a lot of online grocery shopping and grocery pickup orders. And what's really great is you can just select all the things that you've previously purchased. But then over time, You just get into such a rut. And food boredom is real. If you've ever done a Whole30 with me before, you know we talk about this deeply in our Whole30 Anytime course. But I like how she adds variety without it feeling overwhelming for you if you're the one doing the grocery shopping so like taco tuesday because you know how i love my tacos how we talked about you know doing corn tortillas instead of flour or adding refried beans if you haven't done that before or trying you know mixing up some different spices and doing a different form of protein with your taco tuesday night and making like a burrito bowl instead of like tacos like that variety doesn't seem as overwhelming versus like i'm going to make this whole big other you know concoction that i've never made before I'm a big fan of ingredient meals where you know I meal prep some ingredients already throughout the week. I can put them all together ingredient-wise and make an amazing meal. And that doesn't take a lot of brain power. And I like the idea of the variety not being hard as far as the concept that Ashley put it in today. And lastly, a bonus tip. I just love the connection piece. Making meals simple and quick You know, and maybe if you're not all able to eat at the same time, I love how Ashley mentioned, you know, having the meal ready and having leftovers available where everyone can still eat the same thing. Maybe not at the same time, though, if your family is on different schedules or kind of all over the place, which we are (laughs) a lot of times too with our kids. So, Ashley, thank you so much for this conversation. I'm excited to continue this food series with you all. Go ahead and check out the show notes, gang. There are links there to connect with Ashley and listen to Veggies and Versions you and connect with her on Instagram as well. She has a ton of great resources there for you as well for kids of all ages. And don't forget about the summer sale going on. You can use the code SUMMERSALE, all one word, all caps, um, on my website that's linked in the show notes for you to save 25%, 25% that's huge, off any of my courses. it at Stick Starter Kit, STU, whether you're doing STU on your own or with me one-on-one, you get 25% off either one my Whole30 Anytime course, which is available as a plant-based option as well. Gang, I'm so excited that you are here today. Thank you so much for listening. Let's continue the conversation in our community on Instagram. And you want to stick around because I'm probably going to drop a bonus episode (laughs) later this week. You know, I always drop Monday and Thursday. Wednesday, there might be a bonus episode coming for you. Just wait and see. Since you stayed around to the end, you get to know that. All right, gang, sending you a big virtual hug. And I hope today was useful for you. And I'll catch up with you later this week. Hey, girl, real quick before you go, if you want some free motivation texted to you every week from me to help you habit hack your health, send me your favorite emoji to 773 773- and sign up for my weekly pump up text. I can't wait to catch up with you there. Hey, and if you love the podcast, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a rating and review in iTunes. That way more mamas can also find the show. Then you can even email me a screenshot of your review and I'll send you either a Starbucks gift card or give you a free habit hacking call with me live on the podcast. Love and appreciate you, friend. I'll see you next time.